Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we have uh, internet movie star um, Don Lester here, uh, author of uh, What Really Makes You Ill. And um, we started talking about uh, chicken pox and some other things the other day and thought we'd have a little bit of a talk about it. So I wanted to hear chicken pox is, you know, really a really big deal as far as what people talk about when we talk about infectious diseases and the and the, the myth, in our opinion, of, of infectious diseases. So uh, we wanted to go into a little bit more about uh, what you, what you think about what's happening with that whole thing. Um, well, from my research, um, chickenpox is not really any different from any of the other so-called eruptive diseases. You know, these are the ones where you get kind of blisters and boils and spots and stuff on your skin and that it's um, pretty much a an elimination process because the skin is uh, well up until um, I saw something recently from Dr. Robert Young I we used to say that the skin's the largest organ only I believe he says that the interstitium is the largest organ so um, I, you know, I'll stand corrected, but a skin is the skin is one of the major organs of the body, and it's it's a two way process. It can absorb substances, but it also expels substances, and that's and toxins in particular, and that's what these eruptions are. I mean, I I can actually um, explain some of the. Um, uh, oh, sorry, I, I can read out some of the explanations from people like Herbert Shelton, who was um, a, a natural hygiene practitioner, and um, he he actually used these methods of um, he, helping people. Well, he did. He wasn't the healer because it's only the body that heals itself, but helping um, people uh, recover from these problems. Um, so here's just a short one. Uh, he says, and this is a quote, the eliminative process often extends to the surface of the body, producing one form or another of what Tilden calls uh, exanthematous, sorry, I don't know if that's the right way to pronounce it, but mm. or eruptive gastrointestinal catarrh, measles, smallpox, chickenpox, etc. He adds, respiratory diseases and eruptive diseases are interchangeable. So he doesn't class, sorry, Tilden is uh, Dr. John Tilden, who preceded uh, Herbert Shelton. He was um, uh, medically trained. Dr. John Tilden was medically trained, you know, through the establishment system. He practiced, um, you know, orthodox medicine for uh, and giving his patients, you know, um, pharmaceutical products uh, of the time. He was around the early part of the 20th century and uh, for something like 25 years and then he realized there was a problem and he changed and he stopped giving pharmaceuticals and started using a more natural approach which is to recognize it's the body heals itself but to stop um 
to, to get the person to stop intake their intake of toxins whether it's through food or and, and also through drugs you know pharmaceuticals mm-hmm. um so you know the, the whole idea is that the body is um naturally healthy and it's only what uh, it's exposed to that creates these symptoms which includes these processes of eruptions on the skin now it's more common for children to have these eruptions because it's more of what they call an acute illness so it's you know it's a a lower form of a um, you know health problem so these are the more because um easier ways for the body to expel toxins so that's why you know through the skin as well as you know what's called cold, cold you know the kind of um nasal congestion and those you know what's called a cold and Mm-hmm. coughs and um, fevers and things these are sort of um, what, what are called acute diseases but when they're suppressed then um, you know whether through uh, taking so-called medicines to help the symptoms then they're more likely to be sort of you know the toxins will be driven deeper into the body and you know they will require more severe symptoms to get them out but the, the point was, because we were talking about chickenpox and the idea that it might be something slightly different from the others, that the, um, the idea is that it's not different from the other so-called disease, you know, um, German measles, measles, smallpox. It's just, you know, they're slightly different in severity, maybe, but that will be relevant to the condition of the body. So, you know, we're back to the kind of, if you like, the terrain, the inner terrain. So depending on what the actual toxin that is to come out will depend on the type of spot that appears or the type of blisters and, um, you know, whatever the symptoms are. I know they say, you know, very specific types of spots are um, are regarded as, oh, well, that, that's chicken, that one's chickenpox and this one's measles as if they're somewhat different but they're definitely not caused by viruses as we know but these are um they're regarded as different conditions but they're just different kinds of toxins being uh expelled through the body so different kinds of toxins present as different kind of spots essentially is what you're saying right um yes and um probably not going to be very popular but some of the kinds of um foods Mm-hmm. that children eat um and you know uh, they're commonly given milk um aren't they you know sort of cow's milk or whatever when they're young you know told to drink their milk to build their bones and things like that and that can be one of the sources of certain types of eruptions mm-hmm. so uh, but uh, i mean there's no there's no actual sort of definitive um oh well it's this type of food will produce Produce this type of spot it's 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 nowhere near as straightforward as that and as we know everything's all um different combinations so it won't ever only be one thing but of course one um uh, you know there always be mixtures of um sources of toxins and again it could be to do with the food mm-hmm. do you, so, what is it about children 
do you think there's anything um since they're you know young and their systems are new i don't want to call it an immune system because we know that's kind of a fallacy but um because their systems are new are they dealing with things differently is that maybe part of it um yes their their systems are generally um you know again have to make a generalization because it will differ and again depending on children but uh their systems are generally what you might call um cleaner so somewhat less toxic Mm -hmm. so there will be um that's why some of these so-called conditions are considered mild uh and in fact you know measles is considered a mild illness chicken pox is mild it's only when the complications um Mm -hmm. And again, it's not just the food and the medicines or whatever. Of course, there's always the other, the other things. Um, you know, the injections they have. And right. um, that, that's a that's uh, a big point actually to make is like you know uh, I think now it's like children get infants get something like seventy nine or sixty nine shots. Um, you know, when they're when they're born, and your body is going to have to detox that. So. If you if they're getting these eruptions on their skin, that could very well be part of the reason. I mean that that makes sense to me, right? So when people say, you know, well, why are they getting these eruptions? I mean that you're you're pumping them full of like sixty or seventy different types of toxic chemicals. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what's the sort of common age of children to get what's called chickenpox or measles. I mean, usually it's you know fairly young i don't know five six seven or something or maybe younger i i don't know i don't know if there is a kind of average age really um yeah. but the uh i did look up the um standard kind of uh symptoms according to the nhs which is the um national health service of of the uk the symptoms you might get symptoms before or after the spots appear, including a high temperature, aches and pains, and generally feeling unwell, loss of appetite. Uh, according to the CDC, uh, these symptoms are fever, tiredness, loss of appetite, headache. So they're not specific to, it's nothing you can say, oh, that's all oh, that's very much specific to something that you would say is chickenpox. I mean, sorry, that's what they're you know, the symptoms. So, you know, child with a fever and aches and headache and lost their appetite is, you know, it could be all sorts of things. Those are all healing, healing mechanisms, right? Fever is a healing mechanism. Um, You know, headache is your body telling you that there's some kind of toxicity going on. So, yeah. And loss of appetite, of course, is um, exactly the the one thing that, um, uh, is a good indicator that the child should go to bed, be kept, you know, plenty of fluids, um, but not fed. So that's the other practice of the um, natural hygiene um, people is to encourage fasting. And yeah. in fact, they've generally said that children with these what they call eruptive diseases, you know, because they don't class them as being anything particularly different is you know to get them to rest go to bed plenty of water and fast and generally that will um help them recover very quickly whereas 
there are very different ideas about how to look after children and any child that hasn't got an appetite suddenly becomes a big concern you know and a fever and you've got to bring the fever down as you say you know it's complete opposite whereas these are natural processes and a fever is you know is increases the metabolism brings um brings out uh, a sort of sweating which is you know a natural mechanism for again um helping the toxins to come out so um, in, in your body um loss of appetite is your body making way for uh, it's, it's basically a natural fasting right because it doesn't want anything else to get in the way of the detox exactly that, yeah. So if you look at it through that lens, like all of these things are healing mechanisms, you know, it's a really, it's kind of shifts your perception really quick. Mm. So I see chicken pox as being no different from any of the other, as I call eruptive diseases and, be, and being a, a healing mechanism. So a detoxification mechanism. And um, I can give uh an example again you know it's only anecdotal but it's something that i think supports that quite well because i have a very good friend who never had chicken pox as a child but she was not uh vaccinated at all she had none no shots and um she was also brought up as a vegan and um the uh, this was you know, through her, you know, her mother's, um, it, it wasn't sort of her, you know, it was her mother, the way she brought her up and she thought it was the right way. And when she was encouraged to mix with all these other children so that she would get it, you know, because it's better to get it at a young age, she just didn't. And in fact, you know, they, they, the mother was told, oh, you know, you've, you've got to get the child to, you know, mix with his others because, you know, it's always oh, much worse if you get older. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, so for me, that says um, not being vaccinated. So that's one source of um, toxins that weren't put into her body. Mm -hmm. um, and also being vegan, the kind of obviously animal and dairy foods and dairy foods are associated with an awful lot of, uh, sort of mucus um uh collection and and you know that can give rise to all kinds of digestive problems and um respiratory problems and again you know it can give rise to these eruptions on the skin so again, even acne they say is caused by a lot of dairy right i, I had problems with acne as a kid and they mm. told me to stop eating you know a lot of people told me to stop eating dairy mm. yes but again um it's also the digestive system as well it's not just the skin the, the, you know because the, like yeah. you said it's it's a, the body is a system so everything's all interconnected um but as i say i know it's only anecdotal but it says to me that there is no clear evidence that chicken pox is something that a child has to go through mm -hmm. um because that was really one of the questions that we were debating as to whether it's something that is is a necessary process whereas if it's a detoxification process it's only necessary if there are toxins that need to be expelled that's my that's the way i see it right. and and again you know this is the um um uh, from tc fry who who was uh, um 
a later uh, practitioner of um, natural hygiene. And he, if I can read this, since the incipient stages of the childhood diseases, um, he quotes rubella, measles, chicken pox and whooping cough are indistinguishable from the ordinary common cold. If one followed the rule to never eat when he has symptoms of a cold, these and other childhood diseases would never develop. Feeding in a cold when indigestion is inevitable ensures that putrefactive poisons will be absorbed into the system where they increase toxemia. So again, like we said, you know, um, loss of appetite is, is not a problem. It's, as you say, it's a signal to say, right, okay, the body needs to put its energy into detoxification right. and healing. Right. So do you think there's anything to be said about, I mean, you know, people will consistently say, well, um, my child got uh, chicken pox after going to one of these chicken pox parties. And um, also they say, you know, once the, you know, they say that the, the vaccine for chicken pox got rid of chicken pox, like we don't see chicken pox anymore. What, what do you say to those people? I know we've touched on it before, but Oh, yes. Well, I'd I'd want to see the graph that starts, you know, decades before they normally show the graph that says that, you know, the vaccine actually is responsible because we know usually when you when you show the kind of 50 to 100 years before these Mm. diseases, all of them were already in substantial decline way before the vaccine was introduced. So we know that they're. they're being very selective about the period that they're looking at. Um, so I, I would suggest that people have a, a real look at the um, the actual uh, evidence that shows the uh, statistics of the um, incidence and, and of these diseases and chickenpox in particular or measles or any of them really. You know, they, they were substantially in decline, but not... Um, because of any not because of any vaccine but usually because of improved living conditions you know improved uh, nutrition improved uh, sanitary conditions which is nothing to do with germs cleaner water those kinds of things so there was less of the kind of putrefaction poisons and things um when toxins essentially right yes yes and again um there were certain times where a lot of um maybe meat with sort of cheap meats and things were eaten. And so because meat was seen as, you know, something important because, you you know, you need the pre- protein. So you need, you know, some meat, meat all the time. But of course, if it's not fresh and dealt with properly, it can very quickly putrefy. And then it's, then it is toxic in the body. Um, and, you know, the longer it's left, the more toxic. Um, so, uh, but on the, the parties, yes, I know. Um, there are lots of factors that you need to, I think, consider really when you're looking at the parties, because it's not just um, uh, you know the fact that it's a party. First of all, you have to say, ask the question: Does every single child have the condition afterwards, either before or afterwards, and I think if most people were honest, they'd say, well, it wasn't actually everybody, (laughs) but there's this general idea of, oh, well, everyone, well, was it everyone? Oh, no, one or two of them didn't or something. So, 
yeah so there's all the stuff that they eat at parties you know the all the kind of sweets and drinks and treats you know these kind of um yeah all the kinds of things that sort of small children are given because you know jelly and ice cream or whatever um but when you start looking at what's in jelly and ice cream you think actually no that's not so much of a treat the other thing is children get excited they run around and you know their metabolism increases so maybe the body sees that as a trigger for uh, a detoxification event you know it's it's a possibility um and there's the fact that obviously there's they have vaccinations at a similar time so they've all got the same kind of level of toxins in their body at the same kind of age and there are processes that the you know children go through I mean obviously you know as as they're all growing and develop developing there are processes you know there are stages of development there are changes that are happening in the body all the time and growth and sort of different hormones that are changing and maybe there's some hormonal activity involved in all of that you know again depending on the age of the child or the children um there's also the other somewhat more um should we say nebulous kind of idea which is that they're encouraged to go to the party so that they can get it as it were so they think that there's a thing a disease a problem that they are supposed to get or whether there's an expectation from the parents from the children there's always the oh you know you must get it now otherwise you know otherwise it'd be a problem if you're you know if you get it when you're older because uh, well I mean shingles as an adult is um, obviously a more complicated uh, situation so um, a psychological component to it too Yes. Uh, and I, I, you know, I'm sure a lot of people would say, oh, well, you know, that's not so important. But I, I, I say, no, I don't think you can dismiss it that easily because I think there, um, you know, we, we know the placebo and nocebo effect. You know, they are real phenomena and we know what's going on now with so many people who are living in abject fear and um that's making them take actions that are harming them but the fear itself is harmful as well it's not just the stress hormones the cortisol those kind of things yes and when they're maintained when stress is maintained these you know the the hormone levels are maintained at levels that that shouldn't uh it shouldn't be continued you know hormones change all the time they go up and they go down these things you know that's normal so there's nothing wrong with you know getting excited or maybe being a bit low one day but you know if you come back the next it's you know these the horm- the body balances its hormones you know um but when there's a constant stress and fear um there's the increase in metabolism there's the increase in free radicals that's the oxidative stress that's damaging to cells and unless people are increasing their intake of antioxidant foods you know antioxidant rich foods or uh then you know their their body's going to be in a slow stage of kind of uh increased damage yeah that makes sense so, but just to recap on the whole um, chicken pox party thing, um, from what I understand, so so 
we're saying that these children are potentially already overburdened from you know whatever shots they've they've taken so they're carrying who knows you know what what toxins in their system from that and they're put in a situation of like you know a lot of bad foods um toxic foods uh hyperactivity where they're expending a lot of energy and so like these parties could be you know a trigger for all of this to just erupt Um, yes yes it it certainly could be Mm -hmm. um and you know the children that don't get it um uh you know, like my friend, um, was would be because either their, you know, their bodies don't need a detoxification or they're even more heavily burdened and they're, you know, the problem is much much more serious, much deeper and will require a, um, a, a different kind of detoxification because because of the because of the increased um, vaccination schedule the, the numbers that and the amount of toxins they're given at such a young age yeah. that you know it's it's harder so maybe these things are manifesting and that's where you get i know it's not very popular but you know um things like autism adhd um add these kinds of things because what's being injected are their neurotoxins so that's right. where you know they might not be getting chicken pox but the problems are much deeper and that that's the kind of thing I mean I mean there's all sorts of problems I mean if you read about mercury and thimerosal that they were putting in right yes formaldehyde and aluminium as Mm. well so yes formaldehyde's not in this new thing um Mm -hmm. but you know uh that's that's a different uh, but there's it's still got um um I can't remember. I get confused now with which one's in the um, swab and which one's in the the vaccine. But anyway, whether it's PEG or ethylene oxide, so I can't Gra- remember. But yes, graphene, I mean- graphene oxide is what they're saying for the for the shot, and ethylene oxide is on the swabs. Right. Okay. Because there's also PEG, which is polyethylene glycol, is right. in the. Um, it will be in the in the shot as well. So as I say, it's just there are so many different things. But yes, there's plenty of plenty of toxins in the in this you know new series of shots that they're giving people but yes i mean even the ordinary ones um you know with things like formaldehyde as i say which, which is you know recognized carcinogen and um you know in the research for the book we we, we discovered that there are more and more children at every younger ages getting all kinds of different forms of cancer mm. um so you know it used to be you know uh, a, a disease of aging you know it was only old people got it but mm-hmm. it's that's not the case so again and cancer is recognized to be a build-up of a body burden of toxins so you know right how my my question is as far as you know because we're talking about children getting all these this huge schedule of of uh, vaccines when they're very young how long is it before generally your body detoxes all of that does it vary greatly between people how does that work because if we're you know we're talking about if say you get like 60 something shots when you're an infant and then you get chicken pox when you're like seven years old would it be reasonable to think that that could you could carry it that long before your body detoxed in other ways or well, the thing is that the body's detoxing all the time. 
right. to a certain extent. So, you know, with um, with just the ordinary things, I mean, there's sort of toxins coming out in your breath and in the sweat and in the normal kind of, um, you know, elimination processes, you know, through um, urine, etc. So, you know, these... It, it, there's an ongoing process of detoxification. Mm-hmm. It's just there are some toxins maybe that are not so easy to eliminate and certainly not for, for children. Um, you know, uh, it's, but there's no straightforward, you know, one size fits all really, because it will just depend on the child, on the environment, on the, on their diet, on what they're exposed to, whether it's, you know, chemical toxins um, of the kind of products that are used. I mean, so many, um, you know, baby products have all kinds of horrors in them. Um, So unless, you know, you start looking at labels and really find out what's in the products that you're buying and and things that are um, uh, the sorry products that you know cleaning products so yeah. things that babies things are washed in um, but also in the bedding and there's also these um, fire retardants you know they've been found to be pretty toxic and if people have you know new carpet they you know there could be all kinds of chemicals off gassing from that from yeah. all kinds of fabrics in the house there was you know i mean it, it sounds like a horror show but it's it's not really but it's showing that it's it, it's not straightforward and that's why children are so different we're all so different because our exposures are all so different um and you know even the people in the same house they could have similar exposures but that's when the sort of psychology kind of aspect comes in. Some some members of the household might be incredibly fearful, you know, and others might just say, no, that's OK. It's not a problem. You know, some people have really, uh, like you say, germaphobes kind of really going around, you know, everything has to be absolutely spotless. And, you know, you have to use sanitizers everywhere and antiseptics and antibacterials and, you know, anti this. Um and of course, that is that isn't necessarily good, but that doesn't necessarily that won't necessarily be the mindset of everyone in the same household. So, yeah. like, you know, people who are more in fear are more likely to be uh, creating all kinds of physical symptoms within their body. So this is where this kind of moves away from just the physical exposures and also yeah. to how am I, you know where our minds are what we think of how we think what we think of things i think there's a lot to that you know and i mentioned in my episode with the german new medicine um woman dr melissa sell i said you know like 2020 i think was the first year i haven't gotten sick in i don't know maybe my entire life uh i've i've always had just like one cold per year right and then i'm good um i've never gone this long and it's and it's coincides with the year that I, you know, threw away germ theory and stopped being afraid of, you know, because I was very like kind of OCD about germs and bacteria and all this stuff. Like I didn't like to touch things in public bathrooms. And and now I, you know, just that mindset change potentially could make a world of difference, you know. Um, But but going back. Yeah. But but going back to what you said, too, also about uh, the cleaning products and stuff. 
uh, you, you really do have to be on your toes because, I mean, you mentioned even baby products. Uh, they, there was a huge lawsuit, I think, Johnson & Johnson just paid out, I don't know how many millions on their, what was it, baby powder that was cancerous to babies. I mean, you we're not living in a world where you can just kind of put your head in the sand anymore. You have to pay attention to everything you're eating, you're using, you're spraying in your house. I stopped using, like, you know, bleach and... All, all these cleaning products if I don't absolutely need them like maybe on my toilet you know that's about it because um, I'm not going to be like you know touching the inside of my toilet <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, yes I mean you know I understand um, so I mean there are two aspects to this first is as you say you you've got rid of the fear of germs mm-hmm. and I know somebody else who you know used to believe in the germs and she would always be ill when somebody else sneezed around her or coughed or whatever you know it's you know really believed in it now doesn't and and so you know that that's changed I mean I haven't experienced the symptoms that we'd normally call a cold for years I I, I can't remember now it's just oh oh that stopped happening um you know occasionally you know I might have a sort of sneeze or two and I think oh something's irritated my nose that's it it's a couple of you know it's just I know it's something that's just uh, you know tickled my nose so's but otherwise um yeah but even if I did have symptoms I wouldn't suddenly panic oh no I've you know it's a problem it's just well it's just the process yeah so uh, yes the the fear of germs goes but with it um goes the kind of uh paranoia over uh touching things so again you become more relaxed about everything and that's definitely a better mindset to be in um and even though you're now reading labels as long as you're not doing it from another fear point right you know that's the other problem if you start oh mustn't have this mustn't have that it's you know because then you're just you you just kind of bringing in another fear you know replacing something that that's not helpful for you but if you're doing it and and i think this is something because I, I i did watch your conversation with melissa cell and if you're doing it from a point of view of taking care of yourself you're now giving yourself more um self-respect more self-confidence so you're doing it from the right place of saying well i'm going to put good things in my body and on my body so if you take it from that aspect you're now in in a a better place and and it's about the mindset and how you feel about yourself um that's that's the kind of area where i you know i can see that there's a you know the psychological aspect that if you are changing your way of thinking you know you're changing your mindset from being one of living in fear and you know you're like that to being confident so again it, it, it you know when you're confident it's it's much more open so it's mm. much more uh, invigorating and you know you it's it's there's more you get more out of life if you like and as I say as long as you're looking at it well I'm not going to put these horrible things in my body but not to be you know like I say not to be paranoid it's like oh read a label and go, oh no I shouldn't have you know shouldn't have done that because then you're setting up another kind of um, problem you know you're, you're creating something that is is going to be uh, sort of a problematic mindset as it were so we, you know I, I do agree that there's a kind of a, a mindset and how you see things um, 
I'm not totally sure that I'd call it a conflict. I just call them, I just refer to it in a slightly different way. You know, it's, it's a mindset. So as, as you reduce your kind of beliefs about how things are, and then you say, well, actually, germs don't make you ill. So that's great because that's, you can now take control. You're not a victim of these things that are going to attack you. Yeah. So you can be much more relaxed about things. Right. And there's only so much you can control. I mean, I, I know I'm, I'm probably guilty of spending way too much time in the grocery store, like checking labels for frantically now. And, um, you know, I think if you, if you spend too much time, you'll just never eat anything again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yes. And, and no, I mean, you don't have to be perfect. It's not about that. And there is no perfect anyway, but it's, mm-hmm. if you just do the best that you can, and that's fine, you know, because it's it's all a process. And but I mean, again, it it depends on what you eat. So uh, you know, fresh, you know, fresh foods, fresh produce generally doesn't have a label. So you know, yeah. there's <laughs> less effort in the grocery store right. when you're what, buying fresh produce. Actually, come to think of it, what, what's your opinion on on GMO foods? Are they really that bad? Because I know sometimes I can't find any um organic uh fruits that i want so it's very hard to find those are they are gmos really as dangerous as they as they say um are you saying that if they're not organic then they'll be gmo yeah i mean i don't I, i'm not an expert in it but i'm told don't right. don't eat gmos gotta eat organic fruits well i mean if you can preferably but again it's you know if you're going to get yourself kind of wound up about it then that's not helpful so um they're not they're not natural they've been kind of interfered with if you like so Mm -hmm. i think in that respect it's better to eat as natural as possible um i i don't know that they're well i mean some of them have been shown to uh, produce kind of problems um uh, certainly in some of the animal experiments i know the uh, sort of original the, the potato ones that uh, arpa puts i was uh, um uh, well he lost his job through uh, telling people uh, on through the television program that he was on that uh, he was interviewed and he said oh you know they gave rats problems so that was uh, he lost his job so but i mean that was oh, i can't remember whether it was about 30 years ago so I I don't know that um, they're necessarily kind of like really, really bad, but I, I would avoid them just because they're not natural. I mean, there are yeah. there are studies that show that, you know, they're certainly uh, not they're not as good. They haven't the nutrients have maybe have been nutrient levels have been changed. They're doused in glyphosate, which is possibly the worst problem because they're grown to be resistant to it so they're doused in glyphosate which we know is toxic so maybe that's probably it's the glyphosate possibly that's the problem rather than the actual plant itself yeah glyphosate is something i need to look into more i mean there's there's such a connection with that whole thing too and you know what's going on with covid um i've you know i've heard some interesting interviews about um you know, spraying locations, matching up with hospitalizations, 
Um, so I wonder how, how big a part that maybe plays in everything too. Not that I think that there's really like an overwhelming amount of hospitalizations as they say, or, or even deaths, you know, um, I think, I think a lot of that is, is, uh, just a psychological operation, but, um, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You got to wonder, right? Because they, I mean, if you look back in history, there's been, um, you know, their kind of like mode of operation has been spraying toxins and, and then blaming it on a, on a virus like polio, right? Mm, well, yeah. So, you know, spraying DDT, they're actually spraying people. Although I think yeah. the form that they were spraying in was not quite as easily absorbed as the one that they would spray on plants, but, um, you know, but that doesn't make it better. Right. Um uh yes um sorry i lost my thread there um the uh, yes i, I mean the, what they're spraying i it's possible uh, i mean I, I without any kind of clear evidence i would say it's possible that um localities may be being sprayed um because there are little uh clusters of cases or even but not just cases as in tested but where people are ill having you know serious health problems and so they're looking at it as a as a cluster of you know covid cases or covid illness um but it as i say it wouldn't surprise me i mean they could be spraying for uh insecticides uh pesticides herbicides they could be spraying in the sky um just little pockets little areas um I, i mean i know uh, I think somebody said uh, in a discussion recently that, oh, well, if they were spraying in an area, then everyone would be ill. But mm-hmm. that's not necessarily the case. And again, this is back to where you have to say, well, everyone's different. And so people who are more robust, their health, you know, they're, they're stronger in their health. They're more likely to be less affected or unaffected or they you know might be able to just pass it off or they might not be affected at all but people whose bodies are weaker we won't say immune system but their bodies are weaker may be more likely to be affected you know if they're breathing something in and their respiratory systems you know their lungs aren't necessarily working as well as they ought to be or there's some congestion then that will add to it and create a a deeper problem so it's you know so well everyone should be affected well not necessarily because everyone's different right and we know that um there's statistics like uh, 78 percent of hospitalizations i believe it was were were people who were obese so i mean that shows you right there those are the people with the most burden you know they're carrying the most burden already so it makes sense that if you add a little bit more weight onto that so to speak you know then yeah, those will be the people who are who who suffer the most. Um, yes, well, their systems are not likely to be able to process um, toxins in, in as efficiently as somebody who is um, 
more slimmer, shall we say? You know? Right, right. And, but right. Again, yes, um, but again, it depends on their it depends on their diet, depends on uh, you know all the other toxins they're exposed to. So the type of toxins that their body's holding on to will be different. Mm-hmm. So you know this this is why it's not a straightforward. If it's not that, oh, it's that end of story. It's it's not because it's it's you know it's a complex mix of factors and that's why it's not so easy to pick your way through them because we're you know because it is so much more complex even than the days of the time you know when I was the people who I was quoting you know even 30 40 years ago you know a lot has changed in the past you know 40 50 years you know the amount of um, chemicals and the products everything that's out there in the environment you know it really has changed yeah so if i can bring it back to before we veer too far away from chicken pox there's this uh (laughs) there's this other concept of um bioresonance that i keep hearing a lot about which people are using um to explain the perception of contagion um i know dr tom cowan recently put out a webisode where um, you know he put out some of his opinions on on bioresonance, and I think it's safe to say we're both really big fans of of uh, Tom Cowan. Um, but I don't know how I feel about the whole bioresonance thing. Uh, I you know I wonder if bioresonance meaning that people resonate some kind of frequency and then and are able to make other people sick around them. If that's the case, and that that's a mechanism then, you know, why didn't we see anybody get sick during, say, like the Spanish flu uh, experiments where they tried everything to get people uh, sick? And I mean, even the, the, you know, their mental state was there, you know, everything was was right there for, for, for them to get sick, but it didn't happen. And I think I'm sure there's other studies like that, too. If, you know, if this is an actual mechanism, why didn't that happen? And how, you know, how does bioresonance work? What's your opinion on the whole thing? Um, I know we, uh, well, I mean, you can go into all sorts of esoteric areas with this, but I mean, you know, we, uh, we are energy, if you like. We are not just chemical uh, in nature, we're also electrical in nature. And so there are, we, we have uh, fields, electro- electromagnetic fields around us, and we can be affected by somebody if you're close to them. But, um, and, and this is, you know, through David's knowledge of, you know, electrical engineer, when, when you move away from a source, you know, if you actually move away a, a certain distance, I mean, you know, even if you're using a um you know like using a laptop you know if you're uh, quite near to it you can get a electromagnetic reading but if you go further away then that drops off and eventually it's you know there is no effect so it's the same if you're with within you know close proximity to people if their body is uh, severely toxic then you you may pick up but i mean this might not even be at levels of bioresonance this may be at levels of kind of consciousness if you like so that's developed delving into a whole other level that this person is maybe giving off a signal of help i'm toxic maybe or something and you're intuitively picking that up telepathically or something that's Mm -hmm. possible but in terms of an actual 
field, the effect is uh, reduced with distance. So you wouldn't, you know, you might have an effect if you were near them, but if you moved away, that would fall off. But if this is a, a mechanism, then that would it, it would always it would always have been the case. So people who were really really ill would have been affected affecting people who were healthy. Right. And there right. are plenty of occasions. And again, like so with the you know those Spanish flu um, examples of the experiments, uh, and also other people who have said they were healthy and they were in contact with unhealthy people they were nursing them and they've come away i mean you know we've spoken to people who've said the same thing they're around people who are not healthy they're not affected so it's um but whether it's something to do with what's in this particular shop you know this new one um it's very it's very difficult to to perceive that they could have made something that was able to do this at such a tiny level but you know we know their technology is way ahead of anything that you know we know about um but whether that can actually take see it's um one of the things that concerns me about these ideas it's the body is innately intelligent it looks after itself and it will do everything possible to maintain life you know because that's that's what it does you know it will do everything it can to stay alive so it would be able to find ways to balance out the other had you know um adverse influences uh be doing everything but also the body can adapt and so there's that other you know brilliant aspect that if if the body's in a kind of toxic kind of environment, it will find a way to, to cope, to manage, to adapt and function, even though not optimally, but still the body would be able to function, carry on functioning. Um, and again, I mean, uh, uh, other people have used the example. Um, when somebody who's never taken alcohol before, never had alcohol, one drink, can actually be well again again depend on what the drink is but you know one drink of a, a spirit particularly could really really badly affect them but if they carry on drinking you know one drink a day you know a year down the line that one drink will have you know that first you know that one drink will no longer have such an effect you know and years down the line you know it will it will need you know the person will need far more because the body has adapted it's created right. it creates enzymes, enzymes right the more you yes. drink to deal with it mm -hmm. yes and you know so i i'm i'm sure that the body's got all kinds of mechanisms to protect itself from all kinds of uh substances that are injected into it only unfortunately the it's what's in these shots are obviously pretty nasty, pretty toxic, because we know of the thousands of people that it's killed. So it's, um, it, it's, it's very difficult to know when plenty of people who are unvaccinated are unaffected by being in their company. And I've been in the company of vaccinated people, not had any, you know, 
um, and yet other people are. So I, I wonder if there's a, a more of a, you know, a, a, at other levels that there are kind of messages. These people are, you know, um, their bodies are have been poisoned. But I mean, it's if there was a mechanism for something being passed, then as you said, it would be more obvious. It right. would have been obvious throughout history. There would have been something that was obvious. I mean, I'm I'm not saying there isn't anything to some kind of connection because we are all, you know, we are all connected. And so there is something going on at, at certain levels, but I'm I'm not sure that there's a kind of a message being passed. I, I just I, I don't know. I, I'd like to see more uh investigation into this. Yeah, there's um, just there's just not enough evidence for it, and and intuitively, I want to, I I veer more toward you know your body is not harmed by outside forces like that. You know, I don't think we're really built that way. It doesn't make sense to me that we would be built that way, you know, because the the body the the way the body works makes a lot of sense. It works in a very specific way. So yeah, that whole idea, I you know, I'm not completely discounting it, but. Um, yeah, you see, my sorry. And no, what I was going to say is that for me, whenever there's an exception, that says to me, well, that's not a rule, and so it needs more investigation. Um, but we know, you know, we've we've talked to other people, and we know there are more people who are not who are around vaccinated people and not affected. Yeah. Um, I, you know, and I know some people are, and and it is it is an enigma is a you know a strange phenomenon but it's it's not everyone and so i suspect there are other factors involved where something like this kind of bioresonance idea would sound like it would have to apply to everybody because of the way we are you know because we are uh, electrical mm-hmm. um by you know bioelectrical as well well as biochemical and so it would it would be the same so i i feel it might be one of those where there are different factors involved again <laughs> depending I think, on i think people. most of it to be honest is psychogenic um a lot i think a lot of people are are in this mindset again you know they're believing that and they have this fear of of vaccinated people and being around them. So immediately they have a headache or, you know, they're going to attribute something that they maybe would have anyway to being around a vaccinated person. And then they're completely discounting everything else they're around. You know, maybe they were around glyphosate being sprayed. Maybe they were, uh, you know, eating something that was bad for them uh, maybe they were around their you know mother's new roses i don't know uh, it could it could be anything could be allergy who knows but they're completely discounting all of these other factors around their environment and then going straight to the vaccinated people and that's to me that's not how science is done it's not how you apply causation right mm. so there's a lot there's a lot of problems with that yeah i mean when when you see uh uh, something happening you know there's an observation and you say right okay here's an observation I wonder how this works and you create hypotheses about it um, I just think when there's an exception you have to say okay well that doesn't necessarily apply in all cases so maybe it isn't that one thing 
Um, what, but th- like you say, with the psychogenic effect, I, I mean, I agree. And that's really where I was going with, you know, people's mindset. So yeah. it's it, w- it would have been nice to ask the people who have had these effects after being in the company of vaccinated people um, and then they've uh, had whatever the symptoms to actually ask them because uh, I, I know a lot of them have said, oh, well, I, you know, I didn't know they were vaccinated till, till afterwards. Mm. But what did they think about vaccinated people before? Were they afraid of them? Were they, how, what was their mindset beforehand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, you know, we heard a lot about menstrual cycles being affected mm. and, and all these kinds of things. And we didn't really take the time to examine what you know what what was the likelihood of those things happening before we started talking about all the vaccinated people you know what i mean if you don't if you don't examine all the information then it's very it's a very limited view mm. well we know that um uh with the sort of there's the reporting system it's voluntary and only something like, i don't know somewhere between one and ten percent are reported mm-hmm. so maybe this phenomenon uh, all these phenomena, I should say, uh, start happening, and then suddenly more people are reporting them. So it's an yeah. increase in reporting, not necessarily an increase in the actual uh, 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 events. You know, the the actual uh, circumstances, the actual symptoms that people are having. You know, so it's. But like you say, there's no way of knowing because we need the information that was there beforehand yeah. before we started looking at what has changed if anything i mean yeah. i'm i'm certainly not denying that you know there's a lot of people experiencing a lot of problems right and mainly they're vaccinated for those who are unvaccinated i i would still say you know maybe they need to look at other possible effects so uh, you know like you said you know localized spraying of something yeah, it's a big deal to, you know, uh, put forth the idea that we should stay away from each other and, and fear one another. I, you know, I'm very, very uh, reticent to ever do that, to, to ever put forth that idea, because a lot of people kind of jumped on that bandwagon right away. You know what I mean? There was just like this hatred and segregation, you know, even in, in the unvaccinated people and that you know that's horrible to see i really like it really angered me that people were so willing to to be like no no vaccinated people allowed and it's like that's you know you're doing the same exact thing that they're doing to us and that's not going to that's not going to help things so i want you know very complete information before i go ahead and and remove myself from the company of half the population um and yeah again just with the to to drive that home with the whole um psychogenic thing i think if you start mentioning yellow cars uh everywhere you know everybody's going to start thinking about yellow cars and you're going to see more yellow cars so there there's you know there's these little psychological tricks that we play on ourselves that that people discount and don't pay attention to uh yes and i i will echo what you've just said i absolutely don't think people should be staying away from each other um, because that's what we're supposed to do and therefore we'll do the complete opposite because that's what's natural. What's natural is being 
in connection with each other, associating with each other freely, being natural, being um, around people, being with people and not falling into these divide and conquer strategies, you know. Right. And that was a strategy from the beginning. You know what I mean? The six feet of distance thing, this stay in your house, don't go to the playground, don't, you know, don't associate with one another. That that seems in line with what, you know, what they've been trying to do. So why would you go along and, and do that? You know, that's a, I think that's like another evil plan to me. <laughs> mm. Mm. Right. Well, it's, it's all part of it, but it, it right. started it started like that and uh, like you say it's just gone on and on and got worse and that's the point that did these um uh, symptoms that people have been experiencing um increase although obviously the vaccinations only started fairly recently um but you know what were these where were these people what were their ideas before they started having these symptoms as i say you know it's were they in the um the group of well i know there's something wrong but i'm not sure so i'll just be careful mm-hmm. uh you know it's it's very difficult without actually having a conversation with every single person to ask them what their mindset were where what they were thinking and whether they were um well i, I don't you know i don't want the vaccine because obviously it's it's dangerous but i still think people are past could pass germs so you know I, I don't so they're still in a kind of fear mindset somewhere yeah that's what needs to change that's true yeah that's a big big part of it um and of course the mainstream media is no help with that you know i think the 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 big thing main thing people can do is really just turn off their televisions and i think your life will be a whole lot better once you do that mm, like, yes i mean so many so many people have said you know if you turned off your television and looked outside your window, um, would you know there was a pandemic? I don't think so. No, aside from the masks, you wouldn't you wouldn't know. And that's I think that's why they they push them so hard is because if you see this symbol, this symbol of the pandemic, then you you, you know that's a that will keep it going. It'll keep it going for you. But otherwise, it would just be a normal day in a normal year and. Uh, they don't want that. Yes, I mean, I I had a silly example of this mask thing. There was uh, um, uh, in a shop uh, today. There was a uh, a lady and her mother who was somewhat of uh, a lot older uh, with a, one of those kind of walker things, and um, as we were, they were. I think I was walking out behind them or something. And the the daughter, obviously, I mean, she must have been a, um, I don't know, I can't judge people's ages, but she, she wasn't young as it were, she was a middle aged or whatever, but she made sure she stood in front of her mother so that I wasn't near, you know, so she stood between, you know, as if I was, in fact, you know, it's just unbelievable. It was just That's so right obvious now. that she placed herself yeah in you know in 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 the middle so that you know my germ is just um you know it's it's very sad it's very sad but but that is likely to cause her um harm 
Yeah. And she, then she'll just think it's the thing that she's caught instead of realizing that she's doing herself no favors whatsoever. But yeah. yeah. I've, I've had that when I, I was standing in line at a store and this, this woman was frantically like looking behind her, like to see if I was too close. And I'm like, are, are you okay? Like, are you going to be okay? Like she was tweaking out, you know? And it, it's like, I mean, what a horrible way to live. And, and it's just so, it's so silly to me that like, even if you believe that masks work, right. And there's plenty of studies, I'm sure, you know, that, you know, uh, support the fact that they, they really don't. But even if you believe it, to place all of your, you know, health on this one contraption over your face, uh, to think that that's the end-all be-all of your health is just so ridiculous to me. I mean, if you're really that worried where you're freaking out like that, stay home. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I don't want anybody to stay home, but if you're that scared, you know, don't freak out on other people. It's like, you shouldn't be out. You shouldn't mm. be out. It's, mm. it's crazy. It is. But that is a very good point you just made. If you think that's what is the main factor for your health, these people have got a lot to learn because yeah. that's not about health. And and that's, that's the problem that we're uh, sort of facing, that so many people don't know what health, true health really is. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's got to be your own responsibility under your it is under your own control, but you have to take responsibility. You have to do what you need to do to make sure that you're not piling in the toxins or exposing yourself. I mean, like you say, there are some there are some you can't avoid, but if you do what you can to avoid the ones you can avoid, then the chances are your body can cope with the ones that you you, you know, you can't avoid. So, you know, you, you give yourself, you give your body the best chance it can by making sure that you're looking after it. But again, the looking after yourself is, you know, you're respecting yourself. You're, uh, you know, it's, there is something very positive to come out of, very life affirming, if you like to come out of that. And yeah. so that, that's always, you know, a good place to be. Yeah. And, you know, masks are just this, like, I, I feel like it's this band-aid that people have placed on on some oozing, festering bullet wound, you know, it, and, and told that it's going to do something for them. And it's it's just not the case, you know. It's I, I don't know how people believe this. And every day I walk around and I see these people so so into this mask. It's just, it make, I want to... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to do for these people. If there's any hope for these people, it's just so, it's so sad at this point. I mean, we're like almost two years in and, and some of them don't even wear it over their face. You know, they just have it on, on their chin. And it's, what do you think that that's doing for you? Why you're like, have you thought about why you're doing this? I feel like they're just, they're not even thinking about it anymore. And it's just like a, it's just this, they're tethered to this psychologically, right? Have you looked at many of the studies on on masks? Um, not recently. Hmm. Um, you know, it's just so many of them. Um, yeah. But it, I mean, it's it's quite clear that uh, they don't stop anything. But what they uh, what they don't stop anything in the way of the virus. But what they are stopping is the normal exhalation, which, as I said, is a is a natural source of 
detoxification you know every day you kind of you know you're breathing in air and then you breathe out um you know your uh exhalations you know carbon dioxide or whatever else it's you know you're supposed to breathe it out so by staying by by not breathing it out you're keeping it and so you keep breathing it back in um and then there's a moisture and everything else and that's why people get these blotches and Mm. it's ridiculous um so no no there is absolutely nothing good about the masks whatsoever right and um, the pores are something like i think 10 10 times the size of uh, what they consider a, a viral particle to be a vi- um, they, they say a viral particle is 0.1 microns large which is in the nanometer scale um yes yeah, some some of them might even be smaller I, I don't know maybe um 50 to 100 nanometers so um yeah i mean that's that's far smaller so yes i mean there is no material that um any of these masks are made of that would actually stop a virus if it actually existed which of course you know never been proven but you know it it is it is very sad to see people walking around with masks still afraid still um yeah but you you can only try and talk to people and help them and if they don't want to know you you know it's fairly obvious fairly quickly if they don't want to know you know these people like you know that we both encountered who were freaking out because they had to stay the you know the distance you know i i kind of felt i mean it's you know you can't do it really but i i felt like saying um excuse me are you medically qualified kind of you know because if you're not how do you know i've got anything that you can catch you know you you kind of want to say something like that but yeah. there's no point i mean she she definitely was terrified protecting her protecting her elderly mother who must have been in you know well into her 80s probably mm. because you know we've all been told that you know this is going to kill granny isn't it um and yet and yet the older lady had her mask down or or only partly over her face so we and you know she pulled it down to cut you know it was it was in the garden center um you know to look at some seeds or something all right it's just you know yeah just we've said it before kind of why aren't people thinking there's there's a lot of this anti-logic that that's the worst part for me is just the illogical behavior like the worst thing for me is you know um Wear your mask till you walk to your table at a restaurant. But once you sit down, everything's fine. I actually had a person, I walked into a diner with a few friends. I had a person tell me straight to my face. I I asked him, I was like, so, because he was giving me crap about not wearing a mask. And I asked him, I was like, so you you sitting down, you're safe because you're eating and me standing up, I'm I'm not. And he was like, yeah, that's right. (laughs) He said that to my face. And I'm like... Okay, <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. It's, it's exactly. just logic has gone out the window. It, it yes. really is black, some kind of black magic. I don't know. Yes, um, and it makes you wonder if there was any logic there in the first place, because <laughs> if there was any logic, that would have kicked in somewhere in the past 18 yeah. Well, it's more than 18 months now, isn't it? It's, um, yes, as you say. Yeah, 20 months probably. I don't know. 
try not to think about it really yeah it must be something like that so yes it it is it is very difficult but it is it's such a shift in in the way of thinking from you know that something attacks you and that's why you you know you have all these symptoms going back to where we started with chickenpox to saying no it's to do with what's in your body that needs to come out it's nothing you should be stopping I mean obviously one of the things that probably is the most useful thing uh, and especially with you know small children is to cover their hands so they don't scratch the spots because that's when sometimes you know they can get uh, the sort of scars or whatever Um, but you know other than that most of the advice is is not helpful the best advice is as I read out before water rest fasting and especially you know if in these um conditions that you know loss of appetite yeah no that's that's good don't try and feed a child when they don't want to eat it's it's this idea of oh no you've got to eat keep your strength up no the body says no because you know again i know you said it but when when the body is trying to restore health it needs to put all of its energy into doing that and when there's food going in it has to move its energy into digesting it and that's of course where you know get digestive problems and indigestion and you know the child will you know be sick and go oh it's even worse it's getting worse but you know it's not worse it's because the child's body it's not because there's a disease that the child is sick it's because the body is saying get this out because i've got work to do on healing and you know putting food in is adding to the problem not helping it right can you get i heard this the other day can you get to a place where you are no longer um detoxing having colds and such uh but you are but it's because you're so overburdened with toxins like you don't have the energy required to detox anymore well because your body's detoxing all the time uh, i mean if you've stopped kind of urinating and defecating then that's a problem yes <laughs> right but you know your body's getting rid of stuff all the time but it again it depends obviously on the toxins because some are stored in fat some are stored mm. some are held on to and that's another reason you know for fasting so that the the body can speed up its um um processes of you know finding the toxins and and pulling them out of the tissues and again with cancer it's you know it's put the toxins into one place because it hasn't got time to you know deal with it and then it'll come back but again it's when people are taking all these antibacterial antibiotics and antibacterial things they're wiping their hands in so killing off the bacteria bacteria you know there was a time when people go oh bacteria but no they are your friends you know you need them yeah. You need to look after them and, you know, and they will help to sort of detox. So is it is it possible to be uh, in a a state of such high... To- I, I think the person would be pretty ill mm-hmm. because the body would be not functioning. And I think it would be obvious that the, you know, the body's not, not function. you know, a lot of functions are slowing down if not stopping so again um that would you know if, if somebody's then sort of constipated you know they're 
body's not clearing, not even clearing the ordinary kind of waste material. Um, But, you know, a fast, I mean, with what I've read from the, uh, from Herbert Shelton's work and, and, uh, well, mainly his, that there are very few situations that can't be helped with, um, you know, fasting and, and clean water and, and that kind of thing to, to help them through. But some situations need uh, to be monitored. You know, they need to have somebody there who who can watch and see the signs and symptoms and make sure that everything's all right and, you know, even help them in some way. But generally they don't... Uh, practice anything because they know that it's the body that heals itself and they're just helping the person to help themselves as it were you know the patient it's not saying that you know fasting does everything i think there are um certain occasions where fasting is not appropriate i but you know i i don't don't know enough of the details and these are things that are just so frustrating if only there were more people who understood how the body worked and understood that the you know how the body heals itself and to know the processes rather than looking at how to fight disease you know which is what the uh medical system is designed to teach their uh, students we're taught the exact opposite and we you know we're, we're taught to treat the symptoms and and instead of um paying attention to the symptoms as a message of what our body is telling us. Um, so yeah, that's a complete inversion. Um, what, as far as, you know, people are taking this shot, which has some pretty serious stuff in it. Do you have any advice for people who want to, uh, try and detox from it? Well, first of all, I have to say, I'm, I can't give anything that can be kind of construed as advice you know obviously Mm. um it it will really depend on everything else that they're you know they eat and they're exposed to uh you know i mean the the healthier the person is you know the less toxic their bodies you know the better their bodies will be able to um process it um Mm. but then again you know we hear of cases of people in their you know 20s who die very soon after having the shot so Mm. um i i'm you know they're called you know they were healthy but again that's that's sort of subjective anyway but if um it, it seems to be affecting people differently and so that might depend on their sort of condition their health status before they even have the shot so it's it's difficult to know and i i wouldn't dream of suggesting what they could do um yeah. but they certainly need to look at you know their diet and what they're exposing themselves to and and you know clean up their act as it were as quickly as possible and be as careful as possible uh, um for whatever they're eating and whatever they're exposing themselves to what they're putting on in and on their bodies you know which is you know like say back to label reading yeah so you know the more but but again you know it's not to make people scared but it is possible and and i think um it is possible for people to recover Mm. um 
And, and I know that's obviously not going to be popular because they would say, oh, yes, but so many people, have, thousands of people have died. I mean, yes, it's tragic. I, I don't know what I can say to that. Um, but there would certainly be reasons for that. Um, you know, again, you might have to look at any other vaccines those people would have had beforehand. You mm. know, I mean, if they were in a maybe in a medical facility, whether they were, you know, regularly having sort of flu shots or something, I, I don't know. But you, you'd have to look at each individual case to find out what else was going on in their life before they had the shot. But also, um, you know, their diet and lifestyle, everything else, you know, what they're putting in and on their bodies right. and this and their mindset their mindset but certainly revamping your diet starting starting to eat better is a step that you could take right and um i think maybe fasting might be i mean that seems like a pretty good way to at least something to try mm. well um yes not not complete well i mean some people say dry fasting but um with water and obviously mm. clean water um, you know, keeping your fluid intake. Um, but of course, that then helps to sort of, you know, wash the fluids out. So uh, wash the toxins out as sort of, you know, as the fluids. So you need to keep the fluid intake. Um, but again, you know, um, if people are doing this, you know, regularly anyway, sort of a day here or there, or uh, there are different ideas about how long. So uh, maybe one or two days, three days again. But mm. if, the person is struggling then you know you can say well just stop for the moment and then you know do it more carefully have a uh, what they call intermittent fasting so there's just a a section of the day where you don't eat um and just have one small meal sort of at, at some point so you know you're not overloading your body with lots of work to do to digest all the food and help eliminate it and so the less work it's got to do to digest the more work it can put towards eliminating sure that makes sense well we hope for the best and um yeah and another big thing people could do is stop shooting themselves up with that with that crap um that will definitely help but... mm, yes i know i mean the yeah I know there are plenty of people out there that are, are trying to help the people who've who've been vaccinated, but um, I'm not totally convinced that they know quite as much about how the body works and that it is, you know, it is the body that helps itself. It is the body that heals itself. I know there are plenty of people that do know, um, and hopefully the message is getting out that, yes, it is your body that will look after itself. Yeah, but you have to, you know, you have to know what to do to help it. <laughs> right. There's a lot of people out there selling something like supplements and, you know, everything from vitamin C, D to pine needle tea. And, you know, you wonder about, you know, how much they really know about this stuff working. I mean, it's hard to know. So you got to be really careful. Mm. Yeah. Everybody's selling some kind of snake oil. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I mean, I know there are some people who, you know, who, who do talk about supplements, but you have to say, well, how do you know what the person is deficient in? And again, there are some levels of certain things in the body that it's hard to tell. Um, and certain uh, sometimes they show up in blood tests, sometimes they don't. Sometimes, you know, the, 
the levels are different in different parts of the bodies. So you, you really got to know what you're doing if you're taking single supplements, you know. Um, I, I mean, I, I always say, you know, if, if you want a complete nutrition, nutritional package, you know, that's food, you know, fruits and vegetables and, you know, real foods. Um, as you know, I'm, you know, <laughs> plant-based. So obviously mm -hmm. I'm veering towards the kind of fruits and vegetables side of things. Um, but the other thing is to, to say that, oh, you need to put more and more stuff into the body because it needs this, it needs that. Whereas sometimes it the body actually needs a rest. And it's not that it's it needs some extra something. It's the fact that it needs a rest so that it can process what's in it, get rid of things and restore itself to homeostasis. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I've heard some somebody say um, that, you know, all these supplements and things people are using just really gets in the way of your own body, really doing that for you. So it's something to to think about. Um, yes, I mean, you know, I know there's um, if your body's sort of overly acidic, you know, you need to make it more alkaline. Mm -hmm. But if your body's acidic, if you, you know, again, it's it sounds like I'm sort of banging the fasting drum, doesn't it? Um, but it is looking, you know, looking at the um, evidence from what these natural hygiene practitioners uh, use you know you know their practices that they were able to help their patients through you know uh, all kinds of you know serious problems by stopping putting more stuff into the body and letting the body process and clear itself out in the detox so um so yes i mean you know the, the body's as i say pretty amazing um there's a, there is a limit to what it can take and what it can cope with and what it can deal with and recover from. Um, so, you know, you can't just abuse it as it were. Um, but I think at the moment it's the, it's the fear that's really uh, abusing people's bodies. And I don't think many people realize how, it can affect them physically, you know, physiologically, you know, this fear can translate into physiological, physiological problems. You know, these are, you can get real symptoms by living in a constant state of fear. Fear is certainly the virus. Yeah. In my opinion, for sure. Mm. Is there, is there anything we forgot to mention? Anything you, you want to mention before we kind of wrap it up, I guess? Um, no, I, I think I've pretty much covered the, you know, what I sort of, uh, wanted to mention really, because, you know, as I say, when, whenever there's an exception to something, I think, ah, because there's a saying, oh, the exception proves the rule. Well, I, I say, no, the exception disproves the rule. So you have to step back and say, well, okay, if there's an exception, that means something else is there. there something else is involved. There are other factors. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and that's why I always kind of am hesitant when somebody says, oh, this is the answer or this is a theory. I say, well, I just step back and have a look at it. And, you know, people should always do that, you know, step back, have a look, think critically, have a look for the evidence, yeah. see what, um, you know, uh, and as I say, if there are exceptions, um, say, okay, well, that sounds like a reasonable hypothesis 
hypothesis, but it doesn't cover this situation. So is there a hypothesis that does cover all of these situations, all of right. these circumstances? And there's a lot of anecdotal evidence out there, you know, and at the end of the day, that's that's not much to go on. So you really have to pay attention mm. and decipher critically. Mm. You the the thing is that, yeah, the thing is, I, I know it's called anecdotal, but observations in the real world are quite often more powerful than observations in a cell culture in a laboratory. You oh, know. yeah. <laughs> yeah so, sure. you know, uh, you can say, oh, well, it's just a, you know, I, I it's just anecdotal. I, I'm I'm not so sure to to kind of dismiss anecdotal, depending on how far removed you are from it. But you know, any things that are hap real, really happening, in, you know, to real people in the world, rather than what's happening in a laboratory. So oh, yeah, for sure, I'm not discounting observation. Mm. I mean, those are really mm. important. I mean, mm. that, I think that's a, a big part of the whole process, right? But I think we can't make it. We got to be careful not to make it the entire process. Mm. You know no I mean? good. Yeah. 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 Right. No, I agree. Um, it's part of it, but again, it's, you know, it's trying to be as open to all the evidence and looking at the different possibilities mm. and trying to incorporate all of them in, into whatever the hypothesis is. So, you know, like I say, it's, it's, there's a lot of, lot of different ideas going on around at the moment. And I think it's sadly dividing people who should actually be more um, sort of, uh, connected rather than separated you know just because there was slightly different ideas you know we shouldn't be then fighting each other sort of when there are more uh, there's more of a common ground than there are differences you know we shouldn't be fighting over the kind of small idea differences but uh, yeah we need to try and get through to people to say you know stop living in fear yep number one for sure Okay, well, I think we can probably wrap it up there. I think we covered a lot. And those, uh, yeah, hopefully that's some good information for people and, and things to think about. But, um, hopefully, right. yes. Yeah, well, thanks for, thanks for stopping by as always. And um, yeah, well, I hope to talk to you, to you guys again sometime. I want to have you back and talk about the nature of reality. I, I still need to watch your, your interview on that. Uh, but yeah, maybe, maybe sometime we can talk about that. <laughs> That'll be a whole mm, other yeah. conversation. Yes, that is a whole other conversation. Yes. Yeah. All right. Okay, thank you. Thanks again. The information presented in this program is not intended as legal, health, or nutritional advice. It is provided for informational purposes only. Alighton does not endorse nor accept responsibility for any statements, views, or opinions expressed by its guests.